Welcome to the RBT mini-series presented by the BT Focus podcast. As we walk you step-by-step with the second edition RBT task list on your path to certification and elevating your practice. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the BT Focus podcast. I'm Brian Kaminsky, joined again by Ian McGarvey. What's up, Ian? Brian, long time no see. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. Well, excited to pick up right where we left off on our last episode. Uh, last episode, we went over the second edition task list items A1 and A2 under the measurement section. Now, Ian, we're going to jump right into A3. Let's get started. Let's do it. All right. So A3 is implement discontinuous measurement procedures. For example, partial and whole interval in momentary time sampling. All right. So right off the bat, one thing that I want to just point out is um, with continuous measurement, what we covered last time, where we're recording every instance a behavior occurs, discontinuous is a little bit different. We're going to be just looking at specific periods of time or what you might refer to as an interval of time to then um, evaluate the behavior, right? Um, And we'll talk about how that data is collected, how it's going to be presented. um, And let's go through maybe the three most common uh, types of discontinuous measurement procedures, partial interval recording, whole interval recording, and momentary time sampling. All right, let's get started. So, partial interval recording. Observers using partial interval recording divide the observation period into a, into a series of equal time intervals. At the end of each interval, they record whether the behavior occurred at any point during the interval. Okay. So, uh, a couple key points there with partial interval recording. This is going to happen when we record if the behavior occurred at any point in time during a particular interval, okay? So to provide a scenario here, let's say we are looking at a certain behavior. Um, Let's say it is um, communication responses, okay? And we're going to look at how many communication responses occur or the the percentage of communication responses that occur during a 10 minute period of time. And what we're going to do is we're going to take that unit of time and we're going to break it up into smaller pieces. So instead of a 10 minute period, we're going to break that up into 10 one minute periods. Okay. And then with partial interval recording, we're going to record if the behavior happened at any period of time. So if a behavior happened at any point in time during minute one, it would be a plus right? If no behaviors occur during period number two, it would be a minus, right? If a behavior happened during period number three, let's say that five, you know, communication responses occurred during period or interval number three, it would still be a single plus, right? And at the end of that 10 minute interval, we're going to score the amount of intervals where the behavior occurred divided by the number of intervals total and then it's going to give you a percentage. So that's one thing that's kind of unique about all of our uh, discontinuous measurement procedures. It's all going to be um, displayed as the percentage of time in which that certain behavior occurred, right? Um, and so for that instance, maybe, you know, there was a communication response. Um, 
for 70% of the intervals or 60% of the intervals, right? Uh, so partial interval recording, you know, one of the things to remember partial, if their behavior occurred during any part of the interval, you score it. Um, that is going to be one of the, you know, primary characteristics. Ian, any, any thoughts or comments about partial interval recording? Yeah, sure. So, um, one thing to note about partial interval recording is that it tends to overestimate how often the behavior is actually occurring. So going back to the example you used, we've got 10 minutes, we break it up into 10 one minute intervals. Um, and, and for that reason, I tend to use this most with behaviors that we're looking to try and decrease. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, let's say I was measuring um, whether or not Johnny picks his nose. So if at any point during the interval, Johnny's finger makes it toward, makes his way towards his nose, I'm saying it occurred and I'm saying it occurred for the interval. Well, Johnny may have only had his finger in his nose for a matter of seconds, but I'm saying that it occurred for the entire interval, which was one minute. So um, for that reason, I do typically try to use it with behaviors that I'm looking to decrease. Um, so really, really well said um, to, to transition ahead there's a there's a really creative way. I can't take credit for this. I'm not sure who shared this little, you know, mnemonic. I don't know if it's the right word, but uh, strategy to remember the difference between whole interval and partial interval. And do we tend to do it for behaviors that we want to increase or decrease? Does it tend to overestimate or underestimate? Um, so let me transition into whole interval recording, and then I'll share that little tidbit or tip because it really has been helpful for me over the years. All right. So uh, I'm going to put a bookmark in that, and then we're going to come right back to it. Um, okay. So whole interval recording. Whole interval recording, and observers using whole interval recording, divide the observation period into uh, a series of equal time intervals. So same, exact same as partial interval recording, right? At the end of each interval, they record whether the target behavior occurred throughout the entire interval. Okay, so so same example. Um, we'll use the nose picking example. Why not? Right. So for this one, if we had a ten minute period of time broken down into ten one minute intervals, you're only going to score that behavior as occurring as if that child was picking their nose for an entire 60 second consecutive stretch during that interval, right? So whole interval, the behavior has to occur during the whole time period, the entire interval in order to score it. Okay. So let me go back to my uh, little tip for you guys here um, and a way to remember, does it overestimate? Does it underestimate is typically for behaviors that we want to increase or decrease. Um, and the tip, tip goes like this. So whole interval, you know, starts with a W make a W with your, with your fingers, right? It's pointing up. So whole interval tends to be for behaviors that we want to increase because it tends to underestimate the occurrence. So for example, we might be working on social skills and having uh, the learner, you know, uh, approach a peer and have a conversation with them for that entire interval, right? So if we're using the 10 minute example again, if they were to have a conversation for somebody with somebody for 59 out of the 60 seconds, how do we score that Ian for whole interval? It's a minus. They don't get it. Minus. You don't get credit. We're underestimating the behavior, right? And if we're underestimating 
us underestimating the behavior, it, that skill tends to remain in acquisition longer. We're going to focus on it within that intervention longer until it's occurring for that entire interval, right? So you only score it as if that behavior occurred for the entire amount of time, okay? So again, to recap, whole interval recording, make W with your fingers here, pointing up. So our behaviors that we want to increase because it tends to underestimate the occurrence. If you flip that, partial interval recording tends to be for behaviors that you want to decrease because it overestimates the occurrence. I don't know who came up with that, but that has always been super helpful for me um, when I'm looking at these scenarios. Um, which of the following tends to overestimate or underestimate the behavior, right? Um, and I don't know. That, that's something that I just wanted to share because it was a, it was a real game changer for me. I'm not going to forget that now. All right. <laughs> hey, learn something new, right? That's pretty yeah. cool. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about the last discontinuous measurement procedure, which is momentary time sampling. This is one that I love. Um, I, I love it because it is super easy on the implementer, something like a parent like myself or a teacher um, it doesn't have a lot of time to take, you know, continuous moment by moment data recording. Um, and momentary time sampling goes like this. Observers using momentary time sampling divide the observation period into a series of time intervals, just like the two different types of interval recording, right? At the end of each interval, they record whether the target behavior is occurring at that specific moment. And this is a key point, right? Um, it's just at that particular moment uh, that the data is recorded. So for that 10-minute example, right, um, nose-picking behavior, um, what that therapist might do is they might have, you know, on their tablet or on their watch, they might have a, a, a reoccurring countdown timer of, of a minute, right? And, and it's best also one thing to add for, for data collection that you're being discreet about it. So probably have that set to vibrate and not to, you know, the timer is going off and the sounds being emitted, right? So it's discreet. Um, so it doesn't, um, you know, throw off the learner, but at any rate, that 10 minute period broken up into to 10 one minute intervals. And for the therapist, uh, the RBT that's doing the procedure, the only time they have to collect that data is when that timer goes off. So um, every minute on the minute for 10 times. So, so really in, in, in actuality, they're only collecting data for 10 seconds in a 10 minute period. And if the timer goes off and uh, the little dude or little gal has a... <laughs> As their finger up their nose or picking their nose, it would be a plus. If the timer goes off and they're not picking their nose, it would be a negative. And the same for all of these. The the um, behavior is displayed in terms of a percentage. So, you know, twenty percent of the that time period um, that that you know nose picking behavior occurred, or thirty percent, or forty percent. So, those are three different types. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk with you about, Ian, is um, a phenomenon known as artifact, right? Because you made a really great point in our last episode that, you know, continuous measurement, frequency, duration, it's going to be our gold standard or most accurate mode of data collection. Discontinuous measurement is going to be best when those those resources at time is limited, Um and, you know, you, you don't have a lot of time to, to, to be, you know, directly observing everything, but there's some trade-offs there, right? And one of the trade-offs is artifact. Um, and artifact is, happens when uh, uh, the data might not be totally representative or not totally reflective of 
what's occurring based on the way that it was recorded, right? So Ian, what are some maybe specific considerations that you have to reduce artifact? Sure. So first things first, and, and you know, you future RBTs out there know this, that as far as choosing which one of these is going to be in place, if they're going to be in place, should be falling primarily on your BCBA. Um, but it's definitely important that that you know how to use these measures when, when we deem them necessary. Um, knowing, number one, which one is going to be the best suited for your situation, um, that's going to help reduce the, the potential side effect of artifacts. The other thing too, that I would, that would bring in is, is, like you said, again, you know, gold standard continuous measurement whenever we can, as far as the accuracy of discontinuous measurement, we want to create our intervals in a way so that they're as accurate as we can possibly make them the data while still not making it too difficult on the RBT to measure. And there are going to be some behaviors that we measure where the reason we actually choose discontinuous measurement over continuous is because it's hard to tell whether or not the behavior is starting and stopping. There's some gray area there. Um, I, for, I remember when I was in graduate school, um, kind of as like, not a, I wouldn't say a joke, but to kind of show the point, uh, the, the, um, I can't remember if it was a professor or a BCBA, but they showed a video of a child basically in a tantrum for about a minute straight. And um, our, our assignment was to count the frequency of tantrums within that one minute. Well, you can't because it's all just all, when, when does he stop? When does he start? You know, there's crying here. Then he's so any, anyways, so all of this is just about accuracy. And, you know, artifacts would would be a product of inaccurate data collection, if you will. So whatever we can do to just make our data as accurate as possible, which would include, you know, we want to try to make the intervals as as short as possible. Um, Because, again, looking at, for example, partial interval recording, where we know that the data overestimate, that we overestimate, you know, what's actually occurring. Saying that the behavior occurred during a 30-second interval versus a one minute interval, there's a lot less weight on the 30 second interval than there is on the minute. So, you know, even if you just took a one minute interval and split it into 30 seconds, well, now you've got 20 intervals in a 10 minute period of time instead of 10. So you're going to have more accurate data. So the shorter your intervals, the more accurate your data is. So those would be my two things, shortening your intervals and making sure that you have chosen the best, the the best measurement system based on the scenario um, will help reduce artifacts in the future. Yeah, really, really, really well said. Yeah, the 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 shorter the interval, the the more accurate you're going to be, right? Um, but again, going back to the trade off, the shorter the interval, the more uh, more time intensive it's going to be. Yeah. So yep. for so I, I think about you know being a you know BCBA you know providing supports in a school you know with a with a teacher that you know has a classroom full of you know 25 students right if we were to ask them to um, collect data every two minutes obviously that's going to be much more accurate um, in theory than every 20 minutes however and this is why I think um, you as a you know a clinician have to make this kind of judgment call if something has a if some sort of data collection takes a lot of effort there's also the possibility that it's not going to be implemented consistently 
right? So, so maybe in fact that data collection isn't as accurate because that teacher just doesn't have the time to do it every two minutes. Maybe, maybe they're going to be set up for success more if it is every 20 minutes and, and you have to kind of make that judgment call. You have to know like, what are the resources that we have available? You know, I think that one of the beauties of having a, you know, RBT working with a client in a more, you know, direct kind of one-on-one format as they do have the time and resources to, to be able to take that data. But just understanding as a clinician uh, that, you know, that's not going to always be the case depending on the setting. Yep. Um, one other thing that came in mind for me too and how RBTs can collaborate and work together with their clinician is what is going to be the, um, the, the period of time during that session, that's going to be most reflective of the behavior that you're looking at, right? Because let's say we're looking at, you know, off task or challenging behavior. We're going to want to record that data during the amount of time where that's that challenge is most pronounced, right? So if we're looking at it during like, you know, lunchtime or recess, right? That child might appear to be like totally on task. But if we were to shift that interval to like earlier in the day during, you know, math class or science, we could see a totally different story. So I think that's where the the role of the RBT and being just like, you know, the eyes and ears of the treatment team are really critical because they can share with their clinician. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, this would be the best time to observe this behavior, right? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's go through, uh, you know, a couple test questions here. Ian, you're, you're, you're batting a thousand. You, uh, you, you knocked the last one out of the park. Uh, let's see if we can keep that streak alive. All right. The Cubs might want to sign me. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, you know, maybe my Tigers can too. It's been a it's been a long drought for us too. Not 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 as long as our Cubs as as I guess I, I guess I should have thought about the fact that I'm probably speaking to a lot of uh, Michiganders on this podcast. <laughs> so I guess I probably should have chosen my uh, team that's differently. Right. Well, shows for for sports fan of of all regions, uh, <laughs> non sports fan alike. So um, we'll we'll keep keep moving here. Um, all right. So first question, Ian, which of the following is not a discontinuous measurement procedure? Is it A, frequency, B, momentary time sampling, C, whole interval recording, or D, partial interval recording? Um, so the answer is A, frequency. And right. kind of flipping the question, um, out of the four of the choices you gave, the one that I chose is by far the most accurate way to collect data. So um, that's what makes it continuous. So, yeah, well said, well said. And, and hopefully for those of you that are listening, as we're reading through each of the, the options, you're thinking about like, what are some of the key characteristics, right? So momentary time sampling, we're looking at, did the behavior occur at a specific instance, right? As determined. So maybe at the end of a one minute interval or at the end of a one hour interval, whatever that, you know, interval has been determined is a behavior occurring. Yes or no. If it is, it's a plus. If it's not, it's minus. And then it's tallied as a percentage whole interval, right? The behavior has to occur during the entire interval of time. If it is, it's a plus. If it's not, it's a minus scored as a percentage partial interval recording. Does the behavior occur at all for any period of time during that interval? If it does, Plus, it doesn't, it's a minus, scored as a percentage. All right, very good. All right, Ian, one for one. Next question. Um, you're asked to watch Brad um, during a session, and he often engages in um, a, a dangerous behavior known as pica, where they're, you know, ingesting inedible objects, right? Pretty scary, pretty dangerous. 
If you were to record the behavior, uh, if it's occurring, every time a timer goes off, what procedure are you using? Total frequency, partial interval, whole interval, or momentary time sampling? Now, Brian, I will say you threw in a little curveball in that question because you said measure it every time. And when I hear that, I initially think, oh, continuous measurement. I'm taking mm. frequency data. But then you threw the curveball and said every time the timer goes off. Mm. So Good try cat. to trick me there. Uh, so I'm going to go with momentary time sampling. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. Very good. Yeah. So if the, the timer aspect wasn't there, and if I were, were to just say every time that behavior occurs, what would that be, Ian? Frequency. Got it. Man, what a pro. All right. Next question. You were asked to collect data on Ian's nose picking behavior. <laughs> you were told to use a partial interval recording procedure. Which of the following would be correct. Mark only if Ian is engaging the behavior at the end of the interval. Mark the interval if Ian engages in the behavior at all during the interval. See, mark the interval only if Ian engages the behavior for the entire interval. Or D, count the number of time that Ian engages in the behavior. Again, partial interval recording. A, engaging at the end at the end of the interval, B, engaging the behavior during all of that interval, C, engaging the behavior for the entire interval, um, or uh, D, engages in the behavior. What do you think they're in? You know, again, the BACB will, will try and try and make, you know, answering these, which one's the best one, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, three of these are worded so similarly, you've really got to look at how these things are worded. Um, yeah. And so, again, we're speaking about partial interval recording. So we are looking for uh, measurement in which we measure if the behavior occurred at all in the interval. We're going to score it for that interval. You got it. B, at all. You got it, man. Well, well said. You got it. All right. Let's do one last question. The major problem with discontinuous measurement procedures are that they may produce A, faulty data. B, overestimates behavior. Uh, C, poor conclusions. Or D, artifacts. Man, I'd like to pick a few of these answers, but... but um, <laughs> What's the best one? Yeah, exactly. Which one's the best one? Um, so I'm going to go with D, artifacts. Artifacts, exactly. Right. So that's where things like, are we measuring the behavior at the right period of time? Are intervals small enough to be reflective of the behavior? Right. Um, you know, and also just like being really well trained on the data collection tool itself. Right. Uh, uh, some of these can be pretty nuanced. So it takes time and practice. Um, so Ian, man, the streak's alive. You, you, you made it out of this one with 100%. Well, well done, my friend. Thank you very much. Awesome. So thank you for joining us today. That wraps up uh, RBT Taskless item A3. Before to be sure to join us again as we move through the Taskless uh, to help you prepare for the RBT exam. Um, Ian, any final words for our listeners? You know, I think, I think I'm going to stick with my final words from the last session. You RBTs and future RBTs, just keep up the wonderful work you're doing with our little kiddos. Awesome. Awesome. Well said, and I couldn't agree more myself. So uh, look forward to seeing you all again next time. And Ian, always a pleasure. Likewise. Take care. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for this special RBT mini-series edition of the BT Focus podcast. We look forward to joining you next time as we continue journeying through the second edition RBT task list to help you elevate your practice and learn more about the science of applied behavior analysis.